Welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast. This is a weekly podcast dedicated to all things Port Adelaide Football Club. I'm your host for this evening, Macca 19, and with me tonight is regular co-host Fishing Rico 4. How you going, buddy? Yeah, good, thanks, Macca. What about you? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Um, and we've also got regular guest uh, Don Draper with us again this evening. Hey, guys. How are you? Good, mate. Yeah, good, thanks. Good to have you back. Thank you. Always, As... always a pleasure. Absolutely. It's been a pretty big week in football, to uh, to quote Eddie Maguire. Um, obviously, we had the grand final, and there's been quite a bit of trade discussion already. Um, and obviously, some big trade moves with uh, Buddy and Mumford looking like uh, leaving their clubs. Um, so I think we, what we might do just to start off with was uh, just to get your thoughts on the grand final. Obviously, Hawthorne won by, I think, 16 points in the end. Um, Rick, I might start with you, mate. Yeah, no dramas. Well, I'll be brutally honest again this week. I thought the uh, grand final was a perfect opportunity for me to go out shopping and look for some furniture. So uh, <laughs> I, I did that. And, uh, and in between, I followed the score on my mobile phone and uh, watched it on TV at Harvey Norman. And uh, and then listening to all the reviews this week, I've got to say, it, it sounds like I didn't miss out on too much. I, um, you know, everyone sort of has been trash canning it in, in relation to the, the spectacle and it was a bit underwhelming and everything else. And um, I did see the, the last uh, quarter and, uh, you know, it was a pretty pretty intense and uh, sorry and I saw a bit of the third and you know I thought Frio man had a good comeback and uh, you know made at least an interesting uh, contest and a bit of a game of it and really they had missed opportunities which uh, which uh, cost them in the end and unfortunately uh, Sean Burgoyne won a premiership which is a (laughs) bit underwhelming from a Port Adelaide perspective. That was the biggest disappointment. For me. Yeah, it was. I, I, I don't know. I shouldn't be bitter, but I really didn't want him uh, to win a grand final. I, I would have been much more happier with Daniel Pearce uh, winning a grand final. And uh, but uh, I, I'm I'm happy for uh, Guerra because uh, I always felt like it was a little bit hard done by um, uh, here at Port Adelaide and didn't really get the opportunities. And and what a career he's really grounded out for himself over the three clubs, you know, and I mean, for the guy that was, you know, a bit short, a bit slow, I mean, fantastic and, and well done to him. What do you yeah, guys think? He was my best, uh, he was my favourite player uh, when he was with us. I absolutely really? loved him and, yeah, I loved him. Yeah, I, thought yeah. he was a, I thought he was a great player and he, he just didn't really get a go. I thought he would, he'd become a really good, hard at it um, sort of midfielder, sort of like a, I guess, a older Tommy Logan sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just didn't really happen. He was always on the bench, or you know, he'd just get dropped. And I don't know, he just didn't really settle in here. But you know, I'm really, really happy that he ended with uh, two premierships to his name. Yeah, he mm. had a great career all up, really. Considering he um has been at three clubs, most players that go to three clubs aren't very good. You'd think, you know, a bit of a journeyman. But he was he was pretty decent at, um, everywhere he went, and he's won two 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 flags. So pretty happy for him. Yeah, I wasn't really impressed with the grand final, to be honest. Um. I don't know. It, I just sort of zoned out halfway through. It just the first half was terrible. It just it reminded was, yeah. me of watching sort of you know St Kilda versus Melbourne, sort of like you know halfway through the year on a Sunday afternoon in front of eighteen thousand <laughs> people at the MCG. It was just terrible. There's a skills. few more than that there though. On oh, <laughs> yeah, a couple. Um, I mean the skills were terrible. Even Hawthorne in the first half just didn't really play all that convincing football. You know they just 
made the most of their chances, whereas Frio just, they really should have been in front at half time. But, you know, they, they blew their chance at winning their first attempt at a premiership, really. It's funny you say that because um, I've had a few, a few people say that I always got the impression Hawthorne were kind of in control. Like they just were dictating the play a bit, but maybe I'm wrong because I, I don't know. I always thought that Fremantle were always going to come back. But um, I still thought it was Hawthorne's to lose, if that makes sense. I think Hawthorne definitely had control of the game for pretty yeah. much, all, all by about 20 minutes in the third quarter. Um, but you never know what happens. You know, I mean, if Fife kicks those two goals to open exactly the, right, the yeah. first quarter, I mean, the whole game changes, really. Yeah. So, you know, if Pav mm. kicks his, if Pierce kicks his, if Ballantyne kicks one of his misses, um, the, the whole landscape of the game, you know, they, they put the pressure back on Hawthorne and maybe they start to, to fret a little bit like they did last year. You know, you yeah. never know what happens then. Just on Hayden tr- Ballantyne, he had one of the all-time worst grand finals I can remember. And he's a, I really rate Ballantyne. He's, he's a great player, but he talks the talk. Every single game, he gets stuck in. He's this oh, cocky, arrogant, loudmouth, who oh, he backs it up by performing, you know, I mean, round one next year, surely someone's still, everyone's going to get stuck into him, right? Biggest oh, absolutely. He just, well, he, he, he just choked, you know? That was that was an absolute choke. It wasn't the fact that, I mean, Leon Davis obviously had a, a couple of little talk <laughs> about grand finals where he, he didn't really get the ball. But, I mean, if you were Frio, you probably didn't want Ballantyne to, you'd probably want him to have had donuts that day just because everything he touched, the wrong thing happened every time he went near it. Mm. Didn't um, didn't Fife burn the ball a fair bit as well? He did, but he, he had a pretty good game overall. Yeah. Took some great marks. Did, did, you think, did he? What did what did um, you think of uh, Norm Smith? I I absolutely hate Lake. I think he's been <laughs> probably the most overrated player of the last twenty years. Um, you know, people were calling him the defender of the millennium and all this rubbish. And you know, good on him because. Obviously, he went there, you know, it was a mutually decent deal in the end. You know, he went there for a premiership and Hawthorne got him so they could win a premiership and it happened. So, you know, in the end, good on him. But I didn't really think he was best on ground. I thought it should have gone to Birchall, really. I thought Jack Gunston was a bit stiff. Yeah, he, he would have been my early, kind of Four set goals. them on, on, on their way. He would have been um, my second choice. Yeah, I don't know. It was, a, it was a funny one with Lake. And I think if Fremantle had snuck home, because don't they do the votes quite early? I think because Fremantle kind of came home pretty pretty strong. If they'd been able to keep it a bit straighter and won, Lake probably still would have won the Norm Smith. I think they um I think they changed uh, the voting to after the game oh, okay. finished after the whole That's... Buckley Voss feud yep. war in two thousand and two. But um, mm. yeah, I, I thought Birchall would have should have won it, followed by a sort of Gunston Mundy, and then Lake as fourth best. I think. Yeah, well, fair enough. Good on Mr. Elbow. Yeah. Anyway, whilst we're on the topic of Hawthorne, uh, we might as well talk about <coughs> Buddy Franklin for a couple of minutes. Um, I mean, f- for me, ever since free agency came in last year, I think it's been destined that Buddy would go. Someone would pay, you know, through the nose for him, and, and it looks like Sydney have discovered that their uh, cost of living allowance is the same as the GDP of Europe, um, and are <laughs> able to afford him. So. That's uh, certainly unexpected. I think everyone sort of expected him to either go back west or, or go to GWS, but it looks like Sydney have um, pulled a Swifty there. Mm. It's a kick in the guts to GWS, though, isn't it? You know, it's uh, everyone expected it to be GWS, and I'm sure the AFL was 
expecting GWS and uh, and then to go to Sydney. I mean, and I could see why Sydney would want to do it. They really want to stamp their authority on the, on on that market, and it it leads me to I don't know. We're going to talk about Pollock in a sec, but if I if I think about it a bit more holistically, I think it may when I I think the race now for us and and the Crows over Pollock, it's the same sort of thing. It's almost a territorial thing now, and, and, and it wouldn't hurt us at all to really push to get that because, um, you know, it's just getting some dominance in the marketplace, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it probably is poor for GWS that they missed out on him. But it, it's kind of funny that now Mumford's uh, looks set to join GWS and GWS have come out and said, well, we're pretty much just going to pick him up in the preseason draft and you can get stuffed. <laughs> Whereas yeah. I think if he went anywhere else, they'd be, you know, probably get, you know, a first or a high second round draft pick for him, really. Definitely. Yeah. I think Mumford's a great pickup for them. I think, uh, I was thinking like late in games next year, potentially, Giles could go into the rock and they could push Mumford forward along with Cameron, Boyd and Patton. And that's just phenomenal. You, can, you can't mark them, you know, like... Yeah. But um, I think Mumford, he's probably got another, what, at least two, three years at the top of his game to come. Well, I think he's, he's 27, yeah. so you'd think, yeah, yeah. probably yeah. three or four years. But he has had a few injuries this year. And considering he's quite a bulky fella, maybe, um, I don't know, maybe he might sort of slow down a little bit earlier than expected. Is he a forward, though? Does he have much forward impact in games? I, wouldn't I have think he's had so. a pretty decent year up forward. Um just let me quickly check. Well, it's, it's tough with Sydney because they have, like, Pike and I guess even our Tippett that can go into the rock and then play forward too. So yeah, he probably yeah, doesn't, yeah, he the... doesn't need to at Sydney. Or no. even you could still have those three big forwards and you could play Mumford, like, a kick behind the play, you know? Yeah. G, GWS it's doesn't have the right depth of yeah. uh, Gold Coast either, for example, do they? So, you no, know, well, they'd be handy. I think it's a great deal for GWS to pick up a, a ready-made first-string ruckman um, who's been on the brink of All-Australian a couple of times now. Um, I think it's a fantastic pickup, especially if they do get him very, very, very cheaply. Absolutely. How do we think Buddy will go in Sydney? Do we think he'll uh, light it up, or do we think there might be a bit of a slowish start to his career? I think he'll go in there and from the first bounce, he'll be fantastic for them. Uh, I think this year, he did have his ups and downs, but I reckon this contract was probably playing on his mind a fair bit. So I think now that it's all settled, I think he'll enjoy being the the king of Sydney. I don't know how Kurt Tippett might feel, but... <laughs> Is, I don't know if the SCG is really the best oval for Buddy in the two-pronged forward line because it's so small, it's a, hasn't it? Yeah, it's a bit narrow. Historically... Yeah, I don't know. I guess you look at the forwards that have gone through the SCG, like, uh, I guess, Kappa, Lockett, um, Barry Hole. Um, I mean, they've all kicked a lot of goals. So, I don't know. I reckon Buddy will kick 80-plus next year. I reckon he'll have a ripper. But you're going to what? So you're going to have Tippett and Buddy full forward and forward pocket and both starting deep? And, I, think know, the, because you... I think Buddy... they complement each other pretty well because Buddy can play anywhere in the forward half and he's that quick and that strong that he can just, you know, built away and, and get the ball mm. on the wing and kick it forward. I mean, Tibbet's more that sort of contested marking forward. I, I, reckon, they'll, I reckon they'll be really hard to beat next year. With that I mean, Tibbet will play deeper, much deeper, and Buddy yeah. will just roam free. He'll push up, could even push up to a wing even, you know, and just, yeah. It's... I think with Mumford leaving, we'll see Tibbet play that sort of similar role to what he did at the Crows in that sort of half-forward, half-ruck. 
sort of yep. combination, I think. So mm. I don't know. It's a bit. I find it a, as a port supporter a little bit deflating because um, it's a it's a little for a supporter base. I think it's a it's always uplifting to be able to sort of grab a marquee name and to me it sort of just rubs it in a little bit you know we we've struggled to sort of grab marquee names in the past and i can't see it getting any easier in the future and uh, but it would be really nice to uh, i mean i know we're developing our own from within but you know sometimes it's good from a supporter based perspective to be able to uh, to bring in one of the a name player or whatever and uh, and uh, really light up the town hopefully one day that might change yeah, well, we might as well start talking about a few of the trade um, <laughs> discussions uh, that have happened so far in the last week. Um, we might as well start with uh, Matthew White from Richmond. Um, looks like he's set to join us as a free agent, um, possibly on a three-year deal. He's had a bit of interest from, I think, five other clubs as well. Um, how do we see that working out? Well, you speak about your marquee names, Rick. Matthew White, <laughs> there you go. Oh, mate, forget, top of the list. Forget your buddy, Buddy Franklin. Didn't um, we delist him, like, six years ago? That was Damon White. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, Couldn't right. help myself. Yeah, I was like, really? Um, <laughs> being brutally honest with uh, Matt White here, I've never really given him much notice until about a week ago when it was all kind of rumoured. Um I was really surprised he won Richmond's most improved. Um, I think that's quite a good sign. And this, is, this might sound stupid, but uh, just being on the board and having the Richmond fans talk about um, their love for Matt White is good. He's, he's obviously got a pretty good connection with their fan base, which uh, I think will bode well for, for us. You know, it seems like the kind of character that the play, that the club wants, you know, that really likable team first type of player Um and he's obviously quite quick too, and that does feel a need. I think if we get him, where do you reckon he'll he'll play? Do you think he'll oh, go wing. to a half half forward flank, forward pocket, or more up up the ground? I think he'll play on a wing and sort of half forward flank. Personally, I thinking, reckon that's that's where I see him playing. Because I was thinking if he can if he comes into that half forward uh, type role, then we'll probably see Chad and um and Gray get more midfield time, which is a big plus, you know. Yeah, well, that's what we if want. If we can least. move, move, or like rotate them through without losing, like a speedy presence on the half forward line, um, that's a, that's a, a win. At the end of the day, oh, the yeah. only thing that really worries me is it's is the length of the, of the contract, and I reckon that I mean there'll probably be clauses put in and, and all that that we don't know about. But I just have so much faith in in Hinkley and the coaches right now that if they've identified him and they think he can play a big role for us, I'm willing to back back them in, you know, so. Yeah, look, I, I'm, I think my opinion on Matthew White is well known. I've not really liked him as a footballer for a long, long time. Um, but look, in the end, we need quick players in the side. Um, we're not going to be able to get an Isaac Smith or someone like that because um, we'll have to give up far too much for them. In the end, if Matty White can come in I mean, who predicted that Monfries would have a career year this year? I mean, I don't yeah. think anybody would have predicted he would have the best year of his career. Um, you know, all the guys that we've brought in in the last 12 months have been really good for the club. Um, and if the club is saying, hey, we want Matthew White in our side, then who am I to sort of judge or, or say otherwise, really? Um, and look, we really need some pace in the side. He will bring that. I guess we just got to hope that he can turn that sort of 12 to 14 disposal player um, into a more of a 16 to 18 disposal and a goal a game player. And if if we can do that, then that's a big win. 
I think. And Maka, someone, um, I can't remember who who pointed it out today on the forum, so I apologise to them in advance, but I thought it was a very good point that he might be targeted to, to run with those um, uh, players like Shannon Motlop, uh, who really carved us up uh, this year running out of defence and uh, because we really lack that leg, leg speed with uh, with our players, so that was a, I thought that was a very very valid point. And he, Shannon Motlock wasn't the only one that uh, uh, did that to us during the year, so he well, might be Sh- able to play that. <laughs> Shannon Motlock retired about eight years ago, but I think. Oh, uh, what's Stephen. his name? Stephen, <laughs> whatever. Shannon Motlock and Damon yeah, White. You, yeah, you, you raise yeah. a very good point, and that's I think that's a job that. Um, White's done in the past is as a, a tagger on those quicker type plays and we've really had no one to go with those players this year at all um, so if he can come in and do that sort of role as well I mean it's only going to be a, a big bonus for us really yeah. we might as well move on and talk about Polek um, he's probably been the, the main target um, especially on our boards in the off season the thread's grown really really quickly um, it's a bit of a race between us and the Crows at the moment between um, who gets his signature? Um, where do you see him fitting in, if we can get him? I really want him. Um, I've got him written here, Jared, Jared Polak, want, want, want. Um, and uh, I know Rick said earlier that um, it'd be good to beat the Crows to him. I don't really think that's much of a big deal, personally. Um, I think that I want him because I think he, he's going to be a good player. He's what n- number five pick two years ago. To have him just thrown into our midfield rotations would be massive. It's just, it'd be a huge win. He um, supposedly was a Port fan growing up, which is even better. Um, and I know there's been doubts over his attitude, but at the end of the day, he's not going to play for us under our current regime if he doesn't deserve to play. Like like they're not going to pick him if his attitude stinks, you know. Um, and I think he would just add a bit more dash to us, especially around the clearance of stoppages, just that extra out. Um, and I don't think you can really take too much into what he did at Brisbane, even though he didn't do all, all that much, because it seems like every young player there seems to want out at the moment. Well, that's it. I mean, you've got to take that sort of poor attitude with a bit of a grain of salt, I think, just because you look at Brisbane and there's about six or seven players that are looking to leave at the moment. Um, and all youngish players too. Yeah, that's Obviously, right. They're all sort of first, ago. second or, th- or third year players that want to leave. Um, so you really got to take that with a little bit of a grain of salt, really. Um I think Polek would be a fantastic get. I think he's the type of player that we need. He's an outside runner. He's fairly quick. He can deliver the ball. Jonathan Brown has said he's the best kick to a lead he's played with, and he's played with some really bloody good players <laughs> and, and some really, really excellent kicks. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd be absolutely stoked if we can get them. I reckon he's going to lean towards the Crows just because of the money um, and also the Brody Smith, um, Cam Ellis, Yolman factor. Um, but look, if we get him, I'll be absolutely stoked. What can yeah. the Crows offer? Because surely he still has to be traded, though, right? So, yeah, well, they don't well, have much. Not yeah. that I really want to talk about the Crows too much, but um, I think it's pretty clear that you know Mackay, Henderson, um, McKernan, they've, they've got a few players that will get them sort of second round picks. Um, I think someone will be stupid enough to give um, a second round pick for uh, Sean McKernan. Um, Mackay and Henderson probably deserve that and if they do get that then bang straight away they'll probably have a better pick than what we've got Would you give up our, our second round pick for Joe Pollock? Absolutely Yeah, same Definitely Rick. I would yeah, Absolutely yeah, I would I think, I think it's worth the gamble and, and as you as I said earlier I think 
from a, a marketing perspective. I mean, it will just throw the the media into a frenzy. I, I'd push hard, and I'd I, honestly, I would. I'd match, I'd match them, and uh, you know, it's about time we sort of tried to stamp a bit more territory in the media and obviously that's been a, a plan this year to try and do that on a national level and we've been succeeding and I, I think if we can get up on the crows with the with polling that would absolutely burn then surely we'd have the uh, have the space to be able to uh, sort of get close to uh, to matching it i think the the thing that sort of i don't know that i don't understand is that everyone says oh well the crows have got an open spot for him in the side straight away well you know so do we I mean, we're lacking his sort of player just as much as the Crows are. So, um, yeah. I've, if we get him, I think he's an absolute lock for round one and would most likely, if he stays fit, would play every game next year. Oh, he'll be a walking player yeah, for us, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Without out of doubt, yeah. Well, we've got a history of uh, nurturing and supporting those uh, high draft picks and, and playing them as much as possible for their development. So, why wouldn't we? Now, Mitch Robinson is another one that we've been linked to. I think the club's called on it a little bit. Um, it's been a bit of conjecture about that one. Half the people sort of on our boards think he's an absolute arse clown. And the other half reckon it would be a fantastic pickup. I'm in the second half who think he'd be an absolutely fantastic pickup if we got him. Um, what do you guys think about that? I'm not unopposed to it. I think he. I think if we got him, he'd start for us. I think if people are thinking that... Um, he might be a bit of depth. He will definitely, definitely start for us. And um, he, what, what he can do, he can, he can offer us a bit of uh, heavy lifting and help our more skilled players, especially our younger players, just from getting a bit over um, overawed. Not that I think that they are really had a pretty good good year, but just to create that extra bit of space and time when they have to have the ball. Mitch Robinson's a he's a battler, like, and you do need the, these type of players. You know, he knows he's he's not the most skilled player. But he's a team first player. I think he fits that ethos on field of what um, we're trying to trying to build. Does have a few brain fades though, and um, all I can think of is that final when he punched the ball through, you know, on the fall. I know he did have a good last quarter, but um, yeah, for some reason that that just sticks with me. I would still take him though, but I wouldn't want to give up much for him. Like yeah. I, would, yeah, yeah. I think I just find him underwhelming. Good. See, I'm the opposite. I reckon he's a he's a pretty underrated player i think um in terms of his toughness he, he can he is an absolute maniac and i think we sometimes who would you lack push that... out of the final team for him oh cassisi he probably takes tom logan's spot doesn't he tom logan colhoun Aaron really? young absolutely straight away if we got yeah. mitch robinson look mitch robinson's been a first team player for a for a club that's won more games than we have in the last few years and went just as far into the finals as we did um you know he was second for carlton in uh, tackles, second in inside 50s, top five in clearances, and I think in disposals as well. So look, he can get the ball, he gets it in close, he can deliver it, he kicks goals. Um, he's an absolute madman. I reckon it'd be a fantastic pickup if we got him. I reckon he'd suit our style of play. He might be, you know, obviously <laughs> he's not all there mentally, I don't think. But um, look, in terms of his actual football, I think he'd be an incredibly good pickup if we got him. But you say it's cooling the interest, or I, I haven't heard much of uh, since well, that. So, so. I think Hinkley was on the radio, and they sort of said, "Oh, look, we've sort of mildly discussed him, but that's as far as it's gone at this point." Yeah, Whereas yeah. he was absolutely, you know, um, talking rings around sort of Matthew White and um, and Nathan yeah. Vardy and and Pollock. I think is, yep, yeah, we definitely want these players. Whereas with uh, Robinson, he was like, "Yeah, well, we've sort of spoken about him," and that was okay. about it. Well, 
Malthouse on the radio yesterday didn't seem overly keen on flicking off uh, on Robinson either, so maybe he still is a required player with Carlton. It yeah, could well, just I think be the, these the Carlton, uh, mind games. Uh, the Carlton <laughs> recruiting manager came out and said, I've got no idea where this talk of Robinson being traded is coming from. He's not going anywhere, so we might not even mm. have the, the chance to get him, really. Um, yeah, that's right. And the fourth player we've been linked to is Nathan Vardy, um, who's a tall sort of ruck forward uh, for Geelong. Um, he's been in the system for a few years now. He's he's had a few injuries, but he's starting to get more games into his system. Um, where do you think he would fit in? Not in our starting team. I would uh, I'd be preferring to uh, start Redden and uh, Loby, to be honest, and uh, especially as long as Redden's fit. But um, so I, hopefully we're not recruiting him as a, a first twenty-two footballer because. Uh, I don't, wouldn't want to see either of those two boys um, squeezed out from him, and then he'd be battling with Renouf. So I don't know how long he'd be with us before he'd be a bit disgruntled about not getting enough game time. I think we might see him more as a forward than a ruckman. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. As a forward, I don't know, it's tough. I'd probably rather persist with Butcher and see how Mason Shaw comes on, to be honest, or maybe try and get someone else. Not not really that big a fan of Vardy. Um I mean, if we got him, I'd back him in and everything, but I don't really think I, I want him, no. Given well, Moby's t- form this year, I think he's made sort of going after Vardy a little bit redundant. Um, I yeah. was well into Vardy at the end of last year. I thought we should have targeted him then. Um, but given Loby's form in the ruck um, and with how Redden can play as well, I think it's made sort of going after him a tiny bit redundant. Yeah. I mean, you can't carry Loeb, Redden... And Vardy, I think, all in the first starting 22. I just don't think it would work. Yeah. I think we definitely need another toll forward, I think. There's no doubt about that. And an experienced one as well. Um, but I'm just not sure he's the right one. I'm just not sure he's going to turn into a sort of a, a 35 to 40 goal key forward. Really. No. Is there one, though, like, that's around? I know we need one, and we all know we need one, and even the coaches have come out and said they'd like one, but I haven't heard anyone linked. <laughs> about yeah. Potsley <laughs> Well, I mean, he's obviously an option and he can kick that amount of goals, but, I mean, do we really want to go after a 31, 32-year-old player no. that's such it's a short-term like option? Yeah. I mean, if, one, if, we made a prelim, if we made the prelim this year and were a kick away from a grand final and thought, hey, that's our missing link for a premiership, you'd sort of say, yeah, maybe we should go after Potsley Adley. But I think given that we're, we're most likely another two or three years away, um, yeah, I'm just not sure. Even on a minimum term contract, I'd rather put the time into Shaw, probably. But yeah. doesn't it give Shaw and Butcher a bit more time uh, to develop and, and, and not feel maybe that pressure of uh, underperforming? And, uh, you know, I guess if Pods came over here sort of as a, a coaching contract, physio contract, playing contract, knowing that he might not play um, the whole season and he, and the boys are going to have a bit of priority as well, you know, it might not hurt. Yeah. I'd probably rather us go after someone that isn't James Pods the Adley, though. I'd rather us go after someone like Robbie Tarrant, someone like that, who's still got youth on his side, has proven that he can kick a few goals and take some marks. Um, it could hopefully develop into that player that when he's 26-27 can be a 40-50 to 50 goal forward for us. Mm. Yeah. Get on board with that. Mm. What about a draft player? Could we draft one? Like, or do you reckon a ready-made like, forward is the way to go? 
I'm not sure there's a ready-made forward in the draft. Um, certainly not that I've seen in the VFL or SANFL. Um, in yeah. terms of youth, I mean, obviously there's a few around, so like Cameron McCarthy or Mitch Harvey, someone like that. Yeah. Um, so that's always an option. I think we've been linked with Cameron McCarthy. With I'd really like pick. Cameron McCarthy. I, I think he's. I think. I think if he's there, we'll we'll take him. Definitely. Isn't there your Isn't there your mate Mitch uh, Mitch Thorpe available too, Macca? Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. I'd rather uh, skip that one personally. But... <laughs> you don't sound too enthused. Well, seventy goals playing against a bunch of clowns in the. Friggin' TFL doesn't really <laughs> set my uh, juices flowing, to be honest, unlike a few other people on our board, but um, yeah. and seemingly the rest of the football world. So good on him for uh, obviously maturing as a human. Um, yeah, look, as as we said on the podcast before, he burned us once before, and really I'm not too keen to go there for a second time. Yeah, fair enough. Indeed. What about Daniel Webb? <laughs> What's he doing in the SA in a film? Not a whole lot. So he, come, he hasn't come. He hasn't come on at all. Nah, absolutely. What about Nick Salter? Well, yeah, there's a there's a good essay in the field. There's an option. Yeah, kicked a good goal last week. So what we might do is we might move into the player reviews. Uh, what we're going to do over the next three or four weeks is review all the players. We're going to do around about 10 players each week. Just talk about how their year went and where we see them going in the next sort of 12 months. Um, we're going to do it in alphabetical order just so it changes things up a little bit. Um, so we'll start with uh, Brendan Archie. Um, obviously, it was his second year on the list. He's a, a bit of a midfielder. Um, we took him... Um, two years ago in the draft as a, a very, very young, low-age player. Um, and I thought he developed reasonably well in the SANFL this year. Um, last year, he, he played exclusively in the SANFL reserves. This year, he played 15 games at SANFL league level, um, averaged around about 14 disposals and five marks a game. Um, how did we see his year? He's getting there. He's getting there. I've, as you know, I've, I've, I've had a few chats to... Uh... To Brendan, and um, you know, he when he talks to me, he's he's saying that he's working, he's always working on a few things, and one of the things he's trying to work on in, is his disposal. Uh, in, for example, getting more disposal and getting that consistently. And uh, I guess as a young boy, he's probably he's still trying to work his way uh, into the into the team. And you know, and Port's got some senior midfielders. I guess confidence can play an issue, and. Uh, but I think he's getting there, and I think he deserves another contract because he's. We took him as a young player, as as a bit of a project player, and you know I don't think we've. Sometimes we're too quick with these young boys, uh, to go. Oh well, what we drafted them, they've had two years, and they're no good. Let's write them off. And you know, not everyone's like that. I mean, look at Aaron Young. He's three years in the system now, I think, isn't he? And uh, yep. you know, he's just starting to show promise now. And you know, I mean, we've got we've got that space, I think, to carry a couple of players like. Uh, like Brendan and and give him a good opportunity to uh, to try and develop in the system and see where he gets to. Yeah, I think consistency was the key to his he, to his uh, year this year. I think he had a really consistent year in the SNFL. I think um, out of his 15 games, he picked up 15 or more disposals in 10 of them. Um, showed that he could kick a few goals as well. Um, Don, what do you reckon? He'd be a pretty big midfielder, wouldn't he? I think he's 188 centimetres, so okay, yeah, he's yeah. on the taller yeah. side. Yeah, he's about my um, height. 
I think uh, I think if he can come on, he'll be an absolute gun. Like I have a bit of bit of concern, but I didn't watch his, his good games. When I saw him, he looked a bit out of out of out of place on the ball. But by all accounts, he had a really good strong finish to the season. Um, and hearing the interviews with Rick, he seems like a really good kid. Like he's got a good head on his shoulders. Um, so. I'm excited by Archie. I'd really like to see him get a run next year, um, with a, along with a few other players. But um, yeah, no, I think def- he'll definitely. Uh, is he out, out of contract at the end of next year, or? No, I think he's out of contract now. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. But you would think he would get another one. Yeah, I think hopefully sign him up. Yeah. I think yeah, you mentioned um, how you'd like to see him get a run. That's I would like to see him get a run as well, but I'm just not sure where he fits in at this point. And just because he is that sort of inside midfielder, um, which we have quite a lot of. Um, I think in terms of the midfielders on our list, he's probably bottom of the barrel at the moment. So he'd be relying on injuries or drastic improvement next year to get a run. Oh, hopefully the latter. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I, think, I think it will come. Yeah. Yeah, look, I, injuries I think his goal needs to be... Too. If he can sort of improve his disposal count up to... Towards that sort of twenty disposal, you know, five or six mark, maybe a goal a game. If he can do that, then he will really start to push for AFL selection. I think. Yeah, that's right. Cool. All right, next player on the list is Nathan Blee. Um, it was his second year on the list as well. Um, he's been delisted at the end of this season. Um, he's had a fantastic year in the SNFL, and I, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I think he's probably been a little bit hard done by and in getting delisted. Um, his SNFL form was excellent, uh, very, very consistent. He averaged over 20 disposals and four marks a game, playing on a half-back flank and pushing up through the midfield. Um, Don, I might start with you with this one. How did you see his year? I thought it was a bit harsh to get cut, to be honest. Um, I didn't expect it at all, and I'm actually really happy that he gets to play in a grand final this week. Um, good luck to him. Uh, I think he's a victim of never really having a set position us like we didn't really know what to do with him and he didn't stand out anywhere so it's almost a bit too versatile for his own good um yeah i was a bit i was very surprised that he got cucks it because even when he came i think he came in against geelong this year and he wasn't fantastic but i didn't think he, he was terrible either you know so yeah, I bit he was pretty good I yeah he was pretty good against Geelong. yeah he was he was pretty handy last week in the uh the final for north i thought he played very well his three finals, have been, he's been North Adelaide's best finals player so far. He plays yeah. on a wing for them, does he? He plays sort of as a roaming <clears throat> sort of back flanker and pushing up through the midfield. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Mm. And look, I, I think for someone his size, that's a great sort of strength to his bow. I think yeah. um, he's probably a victim of circumstance where we've got a lot of undersized key defenders. You know, we've got sort of Homsch, we've got Campbell Heath, there's Tom Cleary, who had a really good year as well. Um, and then there's Nathan Blee. And I think w- what we do need is another monster key defender. And yep. I think the club's made the decision, look, Nathan Blee's probably bottom of that list. So we'll get rid of him to get in another very tall key defender who can take some of those taller key forwards that we've struggled with this year. Well, there's nothing standout with um, Nathan, unfortunately, I think, isn't it? It's just... Uh... I guess, and that's what you need at his height and, and his position. You need to be able to do something really well, and he just hasn't been able to cement his spot. But, you know, hopefully he gets another opportunity in the system with somebody else. 
I think his uh, his ability to win the ball and lots of it as, at SANFL level um, and be that real creator from the half back line is a standout. I think that's something that um, is a fantastic thing to have. And look, if if we chose to rookie him, I'd be absolutely delighted at that. And I think he might might maybe get another go somewhere else. You never know. Mm. I think if he can uh, win a flag on Sunday, and if he's been in the, in their best and you know, maybe a chance for a best on ground. He'll surely get picked up, even rookie listed somewhere else. Yep. Mm. All right, next player is uh, the big captain, <coughs> Travis Boak. I mean, I'd Legend. We could wax lyrical for about 45 minutes about his year, I think. We could do a whole podcast <laughs> on him. <laughs> we, we could. The captain's podcast. Just what, <laughs> what a brilliant year he had. Um, you know, he really took that captaincy by heart. You know, he, he grabbed it by the bowls and, and ran with it and, just the amount of games that he had a massive, massive influence in. Um, look, he won our, uh, our Player of the Year on the boards as well um, in the voting. Uh, he finished second in the best and fairest. Uh, first time All-Australian. What a fantastic year. For us, we had him uh, best on ground in six games and second best in another three. Um, so he had a really consistent year. Um, first in inside 50s, clearances and contested possessions, second in disposals, fourth in tackles and fifth in goals for the club. Great season. But not only that, what about his leadership? I thought as, as a leader, he was fantastic this year. He, he dragged us over the line in a few games and he, he stood up and uh, really looked like he inspired, inspired the boys. And, you know, that's sometimes nothing you could see uh, in a statistical sense. But, you know, everyone was talking about Joel Seld as... Uh, captain of the year, but I thought Travis, um, I know people say I'm a bit biased, but I thought he was right up there. Oh, absolutely. I agree his more about, his yeah. two showdowns were uh, were inspirational beyond belief. Just the the way that he wrestled us back into the game in the first one um, and had such a big last quarter there. And obviously the, the, uh, the last quarter in the second showdown where he had something like 16 disposals and eight clearances or something like that to, to really win us the game. Um, and he did it two weeks later against Gold Coast as well and had a ripping final against Geelong. Um, you know, he had a brilliant, brilliant season. And as I've said a couple of times now, he, he's had probably the best captain's year I've seen from a Port Adelaide captain. I think even mm. in that West Coast big comeback, he kicked two in the last quarter, you know. So oh, he just, yeah. uh, he leads by example too. Um, you guys are a bit older than me, slightly, just a bit. So um, you probably... Uh, you might laugh at this, but I actually can't think of another Port player I've loved more than Travis. Like, I think he's just he's just fantastic. And he epitomizes everything that we're about now, like, um, especially in terms of moving forward. Like, when he signed Dylan, he committed and he lifted his own game. And in turn, everyone around is a better player because of him improving. Like, he's just he just carries us, you know. And he's also a really likable guy. Like, if you talk to other uh, fans of, of, of other clubs, they like and they just have so much respect for him. You know, he's really well respected and massively like loved uh, footy player. Well, he goes in hard. He gets the ball. He's skillful. He kicks goals. What's not to like about him, really? I mean, he's not yeah, dirty. Exactly. I mean, he's never been reported. You know, he's just not that type of player. And yeah, look, he's probably he'd probably squeeze into my top ten favourite Port players of all time at the moment. Um, doesn't duck his head either. No, it doesn't duck, duck his head. <laughs> Bend the okay. knees, you mean? Yeah. I had the pleasure of uh, meeting him once, and uh, my girlfriend claims it's the cutest thing she's ever seen because I was just gushing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant. 
All right, next player up is uh, Matty Broadbent, the Cobra. Um, the, the player sponsor for our board this year. It's, love it. Um, how did we see his year? He started well, didn't he? And then he sort of plateaued, and then he, he came good. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's showing promise, especially off the uh, the halfback flank. He, um, uh, I thought he got exposed overhead a few times, so, so that gives him something to work on um, uh, in the off season. But uh, and obviously he had a few brain fades, but he's still adjusting to uh, that position in, and incorporating that with his midfield role. But uh, you know, I was quite happy for Matthew, especially after last year and. He seems to be one player that really benefited from the extra fitness regime. Yeah, a bit of a mixed bag for me. Um, he ended up twelfth uh, in our Player of the Year and eleventh in the Best and Fairest, so he was he was around the mark a little bit. Um, I guess the most disappointing thing for me was that last year he had such a good year as a midfielder, and this year in that first half of the year, after he started, you know, his first three or four games were really good, and then he really went downhill and just couldn't get the ball. That was his problem. Um, we weren't sure if he was struggling with injury or just unfit or something like that, but then he moved on to the back flank um, as our sort of defensive creator um, and really shone there for a while. I think his first game in that new role might have even been the Sydney game, which was kind of where we got this big turnaround in our second half of the season. Um I love Matthew Broadbent, <laughs> the Cobra. I think um, I think he'll be a pretty key player in our next tilt at the flag. To be honest, um, I think he plays, he's going to play his best footy rotating between that halfback flank and the and the wing, with a few bursts in the middle. Um, his leg is fantastic. You know, he's a good he's a good kick, and I think what um, Rick said earlier about about his fitness. I'm really looking forward to Darren Burgess getting another preseason into him. I think he's going to be someone who's going to really benefit from that. And I wonder how different this review would be if he didn't hit the post against Carlton and he won us that game with that 55-metre goal. You know, oh, I mean, we'd be talking about that. We'd yeah. have a, a separate podcast been, for that as well. <laughs> I actually think, actually think his, his life would have been completely different because he would have been the poster boy for the last ever game at Amy Stadium with a goal right at the death for Port Adelaide in the black and white, it just would have changed his whole life. Would have been kind of, folklore. Kind of sorry for him now, yeah. <laughs> I think the thing he needs to work on is probably his decision-making. Um, quite a few times this year, kicking out from defence or in the back pocket, he's really given up the ball in not the best circumstance, sort of kicking to a free opposition player 15 metres in front or something like that. I think that's happened about four or five times. Um, is- and for a while there, it seemed to be a weekly event. But look, his first two games, in, or his first three games in defence, really, um, against GWS Sydney and Collingwood, um, those three key wins mid-season, um, he was elect- He was probably our best player in all three, really. Alright, moving right along, and the next one is uh, superstar Danny Butcher. Um, not a great year, um, we picked him up as a rookie um, a couple of years ago, he got a second year on the rookie list this year. Um, his junior career was quite good. I think he finished second in the Morris medal um, and won his club's best and fairest, but he just never really um, achieved that sort of form um, on the power list. Um, last year, he spent the whole year sort of either injured or picking up about five disposals a game for North Adelaide in their reserves. He moved to the Magpies at the start of the year um, and again, just couldn't get his hands on the ball. Um, he played 12 games, averaged nine disposals a game. Um, we tried to turn him into a shutdown defender and um, 
we dropped him mid-year and he spent the rest of the season um, not doing a whole lot in the reserves. Um, do you see that as a bit of a disappointment? Oh, definitely, yeah. I don't really have uh, much to add on Danny. I think uh, I think when, when we got him, I was hoping that maybe the Butcher Brothers would be this, this, this cult hit for us, but... Yeah, I don't really know what to add, really. <laughs> well, I never had much expectation for Danny, yeah. and uh, you know, and it's no blight on Danny. Some, you know, not everyone makes it, and uh, nobody never really stood out in in SANFL and or SANFL reserves, and you know, uh, I guess uh, where to from here for him? Back to uh, back to Victoria, and uh, see how he goes, and you never know, maybe a couple of years time, a bit more experience, he might come yeah, back bigger and definitely. better. I think when you're small, um, like Danny Butcher is, you need to be pretty quick, and he's not pretty quick. He's uh, he's quite slow, um, doesn't have the best skills. Um, look, maybe he would have worked as a as a shutdown defender at SANFL level, but I don't think he ever really had that much of an AFL future with him, to be honest. All right, next on the list is uh, is Danny's brother John. Um, hey. Bit of a, a roller coaster year for Johnny Butcher. Um, once again, he didn't really have much of a preseason. Um, he started the year in the SANFL. He had a ripping game in round two, picked up 10 marks and five goals. Um, in the end, he played, um, I think, 10 games at, S- at AFL level. Um, but again, look, his form was up and down. He played a really good game against St Kilda, kicked three goals. Um, but he also had a couple of games where he just couldn't get a kick. Um, literally could not get a kick. Yeah, um, I still have faith in John coming on. Uh, I think. Um, I mean, you if don't you think sound I... too convincing there. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to say it. Be convincing when you say it. John Butcher <laughs> will win the Coleman Medal next year. That's you know. much better. Um, yeah, remember um, in two in 2011, you know, when he came on, he's thing his debut was at shellacking against Hawthorne. And even he wasn't that bad that day. But the next week, he kicked six against the Bulldogs. And he think he kicked four the week after against Essendon. Yep. And I thought, we've got, we've we've done it. This is it. He's he's going to be the future. I didn't actually even mean to say that then. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, it really saddens me. I don't know. It just looks like he's scared of something. Like he's just playing in pain constantly. Or when he first came on, he was so carefree. He just played like he loved his footy. And now it looks like he's got so much on his on his shoulders, you know, and he doesn't like he's he's our second tall forward. All like Schultz gets up, crashes packs, gets up, crashes packs again, and Butcher seems timid to even do it once, you know. And he's done it in in the in the past, so I don't really know. I mean, I'm hoping that it's just his body, and if he can have a a good off season, get his get his body right, and then hit hit preseason, fantastic. He'll be like a new recruit for us, you know. I mean, imagine if we can have that. Late season twenty eleven butcher up and firing along Jay. It's just going to be amazing. We need we John speak- Butcher to to come good next year. We absolutely it is key to our sort of top four chances that we need another key forward to come along, take the pressure off Schultz, take the pressure off Westhoff, and kick thirty to forty goals. I really hope Johnny Butcher is that player because if he has another year like he did this year, next year he's pretty much delistable in my view. I think. Um, yeah, if he has another poor year, he won't have much trade value, um, and he he'll really be fighting for his spot on the list. But look, the the issue I have with him is just 
he's just a completely different player to what we saw in the juniors and what we saw in his first couple of years on the list. Like he doesn't lead anymore. He doesn't crash packs. He can't take a contested mark. He's kicking like he went from kicking 20 goals straight or something like that to, you know, kicking out on the full 20 meters straight in front numerous times. Um, is it a confidence issue? Is it a body issue? I guess we'll find out if he does have a full preseason this year. Um, but yeah, look, I think his, you know, him coming good is is ridiculously important for our side. Well, we spoke about it last week and. Uh, the thing that concerns me is how long he's been in our system and it doesn't look like we've even tried to rectify his kicking style either. You know, you, you would have thought we would have seen some sort of mechanical shift and change in that three-year period and we, we really haven't seen anything at all. And uh, and when you add that to all the other points that he needs to work on, you know, he's got a lot of work to do. But we're... We just don't know what injuries he's carrying and and how that's been impacting his game and and hopefully he gets that full preseason and he can he can at least deliver twenty five to thirty goals for us next year. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, I mean I don't understand why he can't improve his kicking. To be honest, I don't understand why it's that difficult to change his action because his action is horrible. Like it's a two handed drop, the ball swings around in the air before it hits his boot. Um, surely that's fixable this preseason just by getting him just to keep just to have shots at goal like a hundred times a day for you know the 90 days of preseason just this is your job kick some goals kick the ball work on your kicking and if he can do that and if he can start to take those contestant marks that we know he can and has in the past he will be a hard player to match up on but we really Definitely. need him to come on next year with his with his kicking though surely that's a technique thing that like our coaches should coach him Absolutely. to do, you know? like I don't, I don't understand how it's not happening, and like it seems like it's just it's just common sense, you know. Like, and even if the coaches aren't doing it, the players, like we have a pretty strong leadership group. Surely one of them can, you know, like Schultz. Schultz is a great ball drop, you know. He's got a very and even Jay doesn't have a a really like a Josh Kennedy type like set run up, you know. He's got a very casual uh, approach, but he's a grow he. He was a great set shot. Actually, this year he skimmed a few, but maybe it's just 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 because I've got pretty high high standards of him. But even like surely Schultz for half an hour after each training session, just run through it with him. You know, like I don't know. Makes it seems such an easy fix, you know, and I just don't understand why it doesn't happen. Maybe he doesn't want to fix it. No <laughs> 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 <Don't> comment. No <laughs> comment. <laughs> Well, look, I mean, it's really his livelihood, isn't it? Because if he can't kick goals, if he can't take marks, you know, that's it. He's gone from the AFL system and pretty I think quickly. some people have uh, posed the idea of him being a centre-half back and I just can't even begin to imagine that. He'd need no to way. put on a lot of bulk before he could play that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, Brian Taylor was saying on one of his uh, broadcasts not that long ago that they had him out as a specialist goal-kicking coach for Collingwood, but they were saying to him that he could only spend like 10 shots a goal with each player because that's all they could afford with time. And, you know, he was having a bit of a whinge saying, well, come on, what's that? That's nothing. You know, so you, when I said maybe he doesn't want to fix it, you know, it was a bit of sarcasm, but how do we know, you know, if there's any... He might not be able to do a half an hour after training, you know, with their whatever their workloads are and their schedules or player rights or whatever, 
in relation to training, you know, maybe there's not that time. But, I mean, that's where he needs to maybe take it on his own uh, fruition to uh, to try and improve that. And I just, it's very disappointing in three years in the system that the ball drop and the, the kicking action looks like it hasn't changed whatsoever. Sometimes if you want to make it in the AFL, you've got to put in the uh, in the extra yards. That's it. Yeah. That's exactly best, right. Best that's players right. in all professional sports train. First at training, last to leave. If you want to make it, you work hard. Like That's right. And back to, the, that, really. back, back to the Brian Taylor thing. I reckon they just said that to Brian Taylor because he was annoying every single player he was talking to. Exactly. Come <laughs> on, surely not. <laughs> you can just imagine him behind you while you're lining up and going, oh, boy, wowee, you know, just doing that, <laughs> just annoying the living crap out of you. And maybe that's why Travis Cloak had such a bad ball drop for a while. <laughs> didn't didn't, uh, didn't Travis Cloak put the uh, headphones in to try and get, get <laughs> crowd noise? I, I, I think he started I doing that just, just, to, yeah, just to shut up BT, yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, we might move on. Uh, next player on the list is Alipati Carlisle. Um, he had probably his best year for two or three years this year. Um, played 22 games. The thing I really liked about Carlisle's year this year is he, he really added a, a bit more of a rebounding um, style to his game. He wasn't just that sort of shut-down defender who couldn't lift his arms. He defended pretty well. He had some really good games, especially in the finals. Um, he was probably one of our better finals players. Um, but I really like the fact that he, he would go on a few runs and take some risks this year. I've got that exact thing written down here, Maka. So, uh, hold on. <laughs> I, feel, I just want to see more of the rebounding Bobby, you know? like That's, I think, where he plays his best footy, when he just he just bursts through people Gives a handball off and keeps and keeps on on going. And for his size, he's very very good at, at that. Um, I don't know if we can. Uh, do, do you think we could have Jackson and Jonas be our two big lockdown keep position defenders and get uh, Carlisle to roam a bit a bit more or, or what? No, no. Uh, no. I probably no. prefer Jonas to play that roaming role just because I think he does it a bit better. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's and that's probably Bobby's biggest flaw is that he's probably two or three centimeters. Uh, a little bit short, but you know, for the for that deficiency in height, uh, I don't think he was overly exposed too often. Maybe the uh, game here um, against Geelong, you know, where we got torn apart. He, but that was part midfield delivery as well, wasn't it? But you know, I think he didn't really uh, show that his lack of height was too much of a negative influence. And like you guys said, his crashing through the packs. And uh, his aggressive run out of defence, I, I really admired his courage this year, and he he really turned it around. So well done to him. Yep, had a really good year, especially in the finals, as I mentioned. Um, I think he kept Travis Cloak to minimal influence um, in the first game, and again, I don't think really Tom Hawkins did all that much in the second game either. So. Yeah, he had a really good year, and I think he's important. He's got a long-term contract, and if he can hold down fullback for the next couple of years, that would be fantastic for the side, I think. Well, it just shows the uh, the psychology in sport too, doesn't it? You know, I mean, you had Bobby who was struggling, and he gets a four-year contract, and he's sort of come on leaps and bounds, and then you got... Uh, Tommy Logan, who just gets year, one year, one year, one year contracts, and, and that's how so he seems to perform, and, you know, everyone's a bit different. Sometimes we forget that. I think Burgess did wonders with Carlisle this year, to be honest. I mean, he did. He was, let's be honest, he was fat the last couple of years. He was fat, lethargic, you know, couldn't defend, was always five metres behind his 
opponent, you know, wasn't really spoiling the bowl all that much, but his turnaround, especially in body shape this year, was great to see because I, I didn't think he had it in him um, to do that. Um, mm. And in the end, he was, as I said, his rebounding was excellent. He was third in rebound 50s. I don't think he's been that high before. And he was first in one percenters for the club as well. So good on him. That's fantastic, yeah. Mm. And I think, again, um, in terms of the player of the year votes, we had a pretty similar result to the best and fairest. Um, the club had him as 13th. We had him as 14th. All right, next player is uh, Dominic Cassisi, uh, the former captain. Um had a bit of a rough year this year in terms of injury. He started late. He played a few games in the SNFL. Then he came in. Um, he missed a lot of games this year um, in a few patches with a hamstring injury. I'm not sure we um, will see him playing 22 games um, ever again, to be honest, just because of that. Um, but when he was in the side, I thought he played really well. Um, he had a really good game against Gold Coast. Um, I think he went on to Ablett. Um, midway through the second quarter and, and really took him out of the game. Um, his best game was against Sydney where he, his sort of toughness and attack and that sort of clearance winning, contested ball winning ability against the Swans really helped us win the game. Yeah, I think in that Sydney game, that's when he got kicked in the face as well. And that was Absolutely, phenomenal. Yeah. You know, that was, you know, hard. he just, he gives his old dom. You can't really uh, fault him for, for that. Um, you mentioned the uh, Gold Coast game. I think Gary Apple had a, absolute blinder on Kane Coins in that first quarter and then Dom went to him and completely shut him down. He did. I yeah. still think we might see him next year, Macca. I think uh, I think if he can have a good preseason and uh, get his get his body right, I think he can play a role for us. I think he might be in and out, but I think he could be almost be a specialist shutdown player on certain types, depending on how we approach games. I think if he's fit, he's probably around the mark in our best side. He's probably that now, these days, he's probably in that sort of 20 to 24th player on our list. Um, but I think it's just a matter of whether he can get his body right full-time for a whole season. Yeah. That's a it's devil. interesting. Um, I don't reckon anyone's really noticed it, but I was looking at some of the games and comparing it to last year, and I reckon his body cha- uh, shape's actually changed quite a bit, and his upper torso looks um, quite bigger this year to last year. So he looks like he's bulked a bit of more put more weight on maybe that's caused a few hamstring issues as well but um yeah i think i think there's still a spot for him i did question it when he uh, he did come in uh, after his injury and I, I thought he did look a bit slow but um and uh, after that first game though I, I thought he definitely had a role definitely on some of the bigger midfielders where maybe kane sort of lacks a bit of strength to go with him he seemed to to do well and uh I'm more than happy to uh, keep him on the list next year and uh, go around again. And, you know, if he's not good enough, well, hopefully one of the young boys pushes him out. Yep. Yep. All right, next on the list is uh, Tommy Cleary. Um, He was a second-round draft pick last year, first year on the list. Um, And he had a really good year um, at SANFL level. I'm not sure I really expected much from him because he did look pretty skinny um, at the start of the year. But he had a ripping year for Glenelg, really held down centre-half back, really well for that club. Um, he ended up playing 17 games at SANFL league level, averaged 14 and a half disposals and six marks a game. Um, and I think he's one to really look out for next year. Absolutely. Um, I think he might have to wait for an injury though, unfortunately, because I think our, our defense looks, looks pretty set, but um, I really want to see him play. Uh, I think actually he might get a, a game this year. He said his body might be a bit too skinny though. Yeah, I thought I thought he was probably a little bit unlucky at times. Um, again, probably 
just through the lack of um, missed games from our main defenders. Um, I mean, Trengove, apart from his injury, he was really the only one that missed games. I mean, Jonas yeah. and, and Carlisle played the whole year. Yeah. Um, and we had sort of Homsch and Blee thereabouts as well. Didn't Cleary get mentioned by Darren Burgess as having uh, very good endurance as well? Yep. And he can play yeah. across the half-forward line as well. He did that in the juniors. Yeah, so, I mean, you, this might be the year. You might see him come on a bit more and, and push for senior selection. Obviously, I'm not going on the stats. I never saw him play in the SANFL. And, uh, you know, but I thought he was quite impressive with some of his SANFL stats. And I'm really hopeful that he's going to push up high this uh, this next season and, and accumulate more and, and really be pushing maybe for a, a game at some stage. Hope, you know, hopefully no one gets injured, but he might be able to come in and fill in while someone's out. The thing I like about him, he's almost like a little bit of a taller Paul Stewart in that he, he can take a good mark and he can run off and create, does lots of one-twos and tries to create with the ball a bit. Um, and as you said, I mean, his stats in some games were fantastic. He, he had a couple of 20-plus uh, disposal and 10-plus mark games at SANFL level, which for a first-year 18-year-old player is pretty remarkable, I think. Mm. That's my hair. All right, and last player for this evening is uh, Sammy Colhoun. Um, he's one that really, I think, shocked everybody this year in, in what he was able to achieve. Um, I personally had no real expectations for him this year. I thought he'd spend sort of the year swapping between the SANFL reserves and the SANFL league side for centrals. In the end, he, he stormed into the <laughs> into the AFL side pretty early on. He had a massive start to the year for centrals. Um, I think just about every game he played at SANFL level was a 20-plus disposal game and took a lot of marks as well as that sort of rebounding, creative quarterback defender. Um, he was a little bit shaky early on at AFL level, but when he came back into the side later in the year, I thought he had a really good um, patch of games against Adelaide, Geelong, Frio and Carlton. I, um, yeah. Is he the youngest player on? Is he the youngest player on our list? But I think he might be one of the youngest in the AFL. I think he's definitely the youngest in the AFL this year. Mm. Fantastic. Well, he. I mean, for the youngest player in the, in the AFL to play in two finals, that's an enormous win for us. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. I think what uh, it shows too. Sorry, there, Don is. No, um, you, you, you know, know. the SNFL can show players that have natural ability and for for an 18 year old to be playing senior um senior footy and uh, uh in the SANFL and and as you said Mac had racking up those possessions is is quite amazing I um I actually uh, saw him at the Birdwood Footy Club last year when he was having a going away for one of the Snowden boys a party there and he's he's actually not that bigger bigger young lad a uh, big lad so it was it'd be quite intimidating out with the seniors uh, running around and getting poleaxed and uh, you know and I, everyone wrote him off after that first game and thought he was scratchy and his disposal was iffy and but you know what even at AFL he was still getting ball and you know he's got that he's got a talent he gets ball and and the more games he played he was able to to show us that he isn't that bad with the disposal either and uh, I think he's won a lot of people over and uh, everyone's got some high expectations for him now. When he got a chance to, to have a couple of full games later in the year because uh, he was sub a couple of times against St Kilda and Brisbane um, and then he played in the showdown and I don't know, I think everyone sort of expected from memory there was a bit of conjecture about whether he should have been dropped for that game. He was kept in the side and had a massive game, kicked a goal 
Um, he was one of our keys to the victory that day, I thought. He especially... kicked down last quarter. Yeah, and set up Wingard, one of Wingard's goals as well. Yeah. Um, and for him to go to Geelong um, against that sort of match-hardened finals team um, and play such a good game as he did over there, um, I thought that was great. I'm pretty sure he played yeah. three games against Geelong this year. He did, yeah. Yeah, so that's going to hold him in good stead, uh, just being in the midfield around those those, those guys, you know. So um, I think he's a weird one for next year because I think he had a really good year, but it's going to be pretty fierce for midfield spots next year when you think about the draft and then if he can uh, bring in piece, um, someone through trade week. I think if he's going to play next year, then he's obviously going to have a big preseason and yeah, you know, look out really. Um, is he the kind of player you reckon that will put on a lot of muscle or is he just going to be that small player for his career kind of thing, you know? I think he's going to be that sort of Kane size because Kane's yeah. never really been a big sort of built player. Same yeah. as Tommy Logan as well, but that doesn't really stop him from throwing himself in. I That's think he's it. going to be around that sort of, yeah, sort of slight and medium build. And I, I don't know. I almost see him playing round one next year as a lock. Um, and yeah. sort of a back flank for him to lose sort of thing. Mm. Ken Hinckley seems to be a big fan of uh, he Sam. Loves so yeah, he loves him, yeah. He does. And uh, I think maybe the bulky players might be a thing of the past too anyway with the changes to the, uh, the interchange rules again and uh, lowering the cap rotations. I think we're going to be looking at more um, endurance athletes, but I'm sure Mark Williams was saying that about 10 years ago. <laughs> so um, eventually it might catch on and uh, us uh, <laughs> Prophetic people might be correct. I, I hope he plays 17-plus games next year because, look, this year, as such a young player, he demanded a spot in the AFL side in the end just through regular, consistent, top-end games at SANFL level. And I can't really yep. see that stopping next year, especially with another pre-season under Burgess. Um, and if he can find a, a little bit of an extra yard of pace, that, that would be pretty handy as well because I think that's probably one thing that might stop him um, as being a super long-term player. Um, but look, I think yeah, he's got a massive future, really. Um, and look, he, he could really become one of those key young players that we see turn into a 200-plus gamer for the club. Yep, spot on. And it's good to see that we're going to have competition for, uh, for spots and there's going to be unlucky players. Mm. That's what we want. That's for sure. Absolutely. Well, look, we might leave it there for this evening. Um, that's our first batch of player reviews. We'll keep doing them over the next few weeks until we go through every player for the year. Um, obviously, trade um, trade month starts, uh, I think, on Monday. Um, so we'll have plenty to talk about then as well. Um, Rick, thanks for coming on again, mate. Yeah, no dramas. I uh, appreciate the time. And I know that no one noticed um, that the small warrior is very, very confident that Pollock's still coming to port. He made reference to that tonight. Good. Ooh. Good, I like that. He hasn't, <laughs> he, he, he hasn't had much wrong before as uh, the old TSW. So no, he's pretty good with his mail, so uh, fingers crossed. But had another good night, boys, and uh, look forward to uh, chatting uh, about some trades next week. Donnie, thanks for coming on again, mate. No worries, mate. Here. Always a pleasure. And Rick, if we can get uh, a few more fishing tips, mate, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. As I as I said to Don, uh, who's uh, a bit of a first first up starter at at the fishing, I reckon the the best bet might be uh, to see some of these uh, rookie big footy fishing boys maybe head down to the uh, North Haven uh, breakwater and venture out on the breakwater, and you might find with the the temperature and the water temp going up now after this rain, um, the garfish are going to come on the bite. 
uh, you can get snapper there and uh, you could also uh, you can also get some flathead from the reports that I've read you just got to make sure you read the reports and check the tides and uh, and see how you go and other than that Glenel jetty is probably the way to go or uh, I think Port Stanvac Jetty is still going, or Port Nalunga Jetty, one of those two. You can get Salmon Trout and, and Tommy's off that jetty as well. Beautiful. Thanks, mate. No, no dramas. Good luck. Until next week. Have See a good man. one. Cheers, See you later, boys. Bye. See ya. Hi, and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast. Um, I am your host for this evening. Oh, fuck this. <laughs> I'll start again. <laughs> I forgot something in there. Uh... <laughs>